Hello and welcome back to Let Your Genius Emerge podcast, Season 2. It is your host here, Julia Bright. We appointed our unofficial new year to begin at the start of spring when everything comes to life, gets colorful and scent of sunshine kissing the earth is waking up plants and trees. In other parts of the world, you might have gotten used to the idea of spring, but here in Ottawa, Canada, we are still waiting for the warmth of the sun to arrive. It was minus 12 this morning, but it should warm up in a few days. As our winter introductory season is over, we are starting a new chapter in our podcast's life, dividing it into details about communication and social aspects of our lives and journaling. In our third episode in season one, I talked about the Tower of Needs with its five levels, with the survival needs at the bottom, the safety and security needs at the second level, our society and psychological needs at the third level, our esteem and advanced needs on the fourth, and on the fifth level as we can fulfill our potentials. This tower is surrounded and safely protected by social and communication cushioning. We cannot live without our family, peers, and community, and the way we connect with them is through communication. It could be a smile, a nod, a wave, a bow, a gruntle, a hesitant cough, or a thumbs-up sign, as well as actual words. Communication is the most natural thing for humans. A look can tell tales if you can read it. Some of us got better reading eyes while wearing masks than others. Your eyes look sad, I was told. Then another time, your eyes sparkle today. Babies, as soon as they are born, can look at the mothers and find comfort in their arms. That is the exact distance they can see for the first time to identify the mother's face. We all know that babies communicate by crying. That is their first words. Later on, they can understand signs and they can actually sign earlier than producing speech. So communication is easy. It's all over our face. We use our hands, even our body, to tell about our emotions, our feelings, and our thoughts even before we open our mouth. So why is it that we so often think that communication is so damn hard then? It is extremely difficult because we need to consider who we are talking to. If it were up to us and our momentary thoughts and emotions, we would just speak without any consideration. We would probably be on the bench, have time out, become outcast, labeled as weirdos, or even worse. We need to talk differently to our parents, the elderly, our children, or our spouses, We don't talk the same way to the boss as to our co-workers either. There are cultural and group expectations determine how you approach someone. That is not all, though. You talk to all these people because you usually have something to discuss with them. 
When you don't and just want to have small talk, that can be quite taxing in your energy supply to keep the conversation going unless you're truly enjoying the company and a natural flow of the conversation has developed. Mostly, however, you need to resolve delicate issues while talking. Some people look at these conversations like a battlefield. I have a mission. I'm here to win get what I want, and persuade others. This inevitably means that the other side is destined to lose. Unfortunately, we are most familiar with this kind of conversations in conflict resolution. This is why most of us prepare to be on the defensive or on the counteroffensive side. But we can change this and break this cycle, especially if we are in a leading position. Even if we are not, we can break the offensive cycle by not following their familiar pattern and try to give them unusual feedback. How can you distance yourself from a conversation and not take everything personally? How do you determine who owns a problem and what is your actual part in that situation? The issue is that in the middle of a conversation, we are too involved to be able to monitor ourselves and our partner for subtle reactions, no matter how much we would need feedback and awareness. Some of us are too busy to think about what we want to say and don't actually pay attention to the flow of the conversation itself. Some of us try to give way to the other person and forget to protect ourselves. Then when it is all over, we bang our heads on the wall blaming ourselves why we could not have said things differently. Hindsight is twenty twenty, But we cannot go back and fix what has been done. On my website, I set up pages that I will expand as we go about assertive, nonviolent communication, just as well as explaining what to watch out for and protect and guard against. I call it know your adversaries, like bullies, the manipulators, the passive and passive-aggressive communicators. Watch out for people who give false positive statements all the time. Get to know the dark triad that has the sociopath, narcissist, and Machiavellist traits. And be aware of some mental illnesses where sufferers cannot control what they think, feel, or do. We need to know what we are up against, but we don't need to deeply analyze them, get involved with their psyche, so please keep your distance to protect your own mental health. What is worth deeply diving into is the positive side, how to get the most out of a conversation. You can get to know a lot about the other person just as well as about yourself. It is an art to keep a conversation flowing and get the most information and satisfaction out of it. Some people think that it is not an accident that you meet certain people. I don't know about that, but if you cannot find a way to get the most out of the time you spend together, that time and opportunity will certainly be lost forever. So keeping a conversation flow alive takes practice and energy. We will talk about that. Becoming a social conversational artist takes practice, but most of us can get pretty good at it. The problem is that in families, workplaces, and between friends, problems and issues arise that need to get solved. 
we might be equal in these relationships, which makes it even harder to approach some issues. Can you do me a favor? Can you sign off on my loan? Can you lend me money? Can I borrow your car? Can you watch my kid for a day? We can become uncomfortable and start to talk about the problem that basically is okay, but our words most likely follow grunting, hesitant cough, the thinning of the lips as nonverbal giveaways. So your actual words either confirm these signals or create confusion. You might not even realize that you are sending mixed messages and your partner might not be receiving them on a conscious level either, but knows that there is a dissonance. The critical part is when a problem arises that needs to get solved, how one person addresses the problem and how the other one reacts to it. Naturally, it depends on the relationship between the people. Again, Are we talking about a parent and a child, an employer and an employee? In both cases, it is a subordinate talking to a superior. Or is the conversation between two parents, business partners, people in an equal relationship? Then they will talk differently to each other. I assume we were all kids at one point of time, so our parents talked to us, so we had to listen when we were scolded or told what was not appropriate and why, and perhaps for good measure, we were given time out or punishment to learn our lessons. Did that work? Would we do the same thing to our kids? Did you feel that you were heard and listened to and you were part of this process or it was just done to you? We all were students at one point of time also. Schools have their own regulations and rules. Did you either by mischief or unintentionally get on the wrong side and were asked to the principal's office and listen to what the consequences would be of your actions? Were you again a part of this procedure or was it just done to you? I have asked a lot of questions in this part because I would like you to lean on your own experiences. It'll help you with answering the most important questions of good communication. Who are you and where your values come from? If you had been an active part of the above situations and your parents and teachers listened to you and made decisions according to your needs, congratulations. You are one of those rare people who could start learning about themselves early on. Most of us, however, were told what we did and how we should have done it and were just passive spectators. The way we learned How the world works is what we were told how it should work, what we should do and should not do, what the consequences would be if we do things wrong and when we do things right. Praise and punishment without reasons. Are any of them reasonable or helpful? And after school, you get employed. The first phrase I have ever heard from employers sound like this. Would you do me a favor? Can you do this and this for me right away, please, and thank you? Dear employer, your employee does not do favors to you. They do their job. So if you want them to do that, you ask, please do this because it has priority above anything else. And no sane person says thank you before a job is done. There is no such thing as please and thank you. 
It just means do it or else, no matter how you package it. So what do you say when any of this happens to you? Will you say, sure, boss, of course you will. And one last thing. Don't forget about your self-talk. That is your life's most important chain of conversations, and you want to be aware of it. I was listening to Sam Harris about free will when he said, if you had free will, you would know what you would think next, but you don't. So all you can do is observe. What do you think about most of the time when you don't do anything particular? Where do you think those thoughts originate from? Who or what occasion could have put those thoughts into your brain? So how do we start this arduous journey to effective nonviolent communication? Start with the way you would start everything else. Observe. Do nothing else but observe how you think, how you converse, how other people react. Please do not judge, just observe. Note, what is your reaction? What kinds of emotions rise and fall while you talk to people or you think? It is a great journey that can become a part of our Journaling Thursday journey as well. You will learn about yourself as well as other people just by observing without any judgment, which you will most likely not be able to do, but please try. In any case, don't forget us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let your genius emerge or humanly genius. And our website, humanlygenius.com. Become our humanly genius patron on Patreon. And don't forget, I will talk to you next time on Thursday on journaling. Until then, explore, think, create, communicate. Let your humanly genius emerge. Grow and become your authentic self. In time, I'll do the same and will embrace my precious community around me. Talk to you later.